following show is pre-recorded. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations for 820 AM The Word. My guest today is Dan Donahue. He's the lead pastor at Parkland Foursquare Church in Tacoma area and uh, Pierce County. Dan, welcome to Heart of the City. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for having me on here. Well, it's uh, good to see you. I had a chance to chat with you a couple of weeks ago and had a chance to to pop down by PLU, and uh, your, your your church meets uh, right across the street at yeah. the Lutheran Church, across the street from yeah. PLU, Yeah, and you you generally meet there on Saturday evenings? Yeah, so Saturday night, 6 p.m., that's when the whole congregation comes together for worship, but yeah, we are so grateful to be right there next door to PLU. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful uh, building, nice, uh, nice place, and you're able to meet there. And uh, so we had a chance to chat down there, but uh, I invited you to come back up here to the studios. So yeah. we're sitting in the studio and having a chance to kind of hear your story. And I love to do this program because I love to hear the stories of how people came to faith mm. and how... Um, how then the Lord called him into ministry, because each story is so unique. It Absolutely. Re- it really is. And it just uh, just shows the creativity of God and the faithfulness of God in our lives. Yeah. And that's what I, I love to emphasize in, in Heart of the City. So let's go back. Uh, are, are you originally from this area? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in Puyallup. Um, was born in, born in Seattle and then moved down here when I was two and pretty much stayed around here, went to PLU and and planted our roots here in our own family. Yeah, so you know, web feet and everything, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just part of being a Northwest Absolutely. kid, right? But uh, uh, so what was life like growing up in in, in this area for you? Uh, was there, uh, were you a sports guy? Were you a music guy? What, yeah, uh, both those. So both? I, I wrestled uh, for six years. What uh, weight class? Yeah, well, all throughout, six different weight classes. So I started, believe it or not, I was... Uh, Seventh grade, I was 83 pounds. So it was the, one of the few uh, sports that I could do being the size I was. Uh-huh. So I jumped in there and just loved the thing. I just loved wrestling. So I did it for all six, seven, three years and on through co- uh, high, uh, high school as well. So what was so, your final weight class you ended uh, up? One, man, we're going back. I, I got to remember this. <laughs> one, I think it was 152, but 145 as well. Yeah. So both yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. So were you a good grappler? I mean, yeah. Good. So I was I was the lanky grappler, just tall, lanky. I wasn't the short, stocky. So I had to use that to my advantage, uh-huh. um, and just you know, quick and lanky. So that that helped me a lot. Um, but definitely ran into some guys that were in different class than me, and <laughs> I, I knew it pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. but, you weren't uh, going to college scholarship no, no, with, no, no, no. Uh, with wrestling. Yeah, right? but I loved it. As, you yeah, know, just just uh, stayed in shape and kind of wish I could get back into it. You just can't really just find a wrestling mat down the road. and <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's not like yeah. you go play racquetball with no, a friend. Hey, work. let's go wrestle. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, which, uh, and I'm not going to go down this road very yeah. far, but what I'm really disappointed yeah. in is wrestling's not in the Olympics. I think that's, oh uh, that's yeah. horrible, horrible yes. that uh, that's not happening. Anyway, that's the for original. another program. I know. Yeah. That's the original yes, sport, right? Exactly. 
So still yeah. love to watch some some uh, you know Midwest yeah. wrestling. Uh, exactly. Iowa 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 State. The, you know mm-hmm. those are wrestling schools back there. For anyway, sure. yeah. Uh, so you are wrestler yep. music wise. Yep. Were As you well. vocalist? Uh, yeah, vocalist. So I was one of the rare wrestlers who also sung. <laughs> it's just w- wasn't a common combination apparently. Right. So I I you know they took any any advantage to have me sing the national anthem before uh, any meet. So. Uh, yeah, loved singing. That that's something I continued on through uh, through PLU as well. Yeah. Um, and so, just again, one of those things I look back on. Man, I w- just love that season of uh, and, and even listen to choral music now. And just man, I miss being in uh, the choir and 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 experiencing that. Yeah. So, so what was your what was life like growing up uh, in your family's spiritual yeah. your spiritual walk? Uh, sure. what, what was that all about? Yeah, so I grew up in a uh, a big family, five kids, Catholic, Irish Catholic family. I've got nuns and priests all in the background, and so uh, my family's pretty deeply rooted in in that. and And so I remember going to church very very often, and um, and so my parents loved the Lord, did growing up as well, and um, there's some key moments I remember, um, giving me a kid's Bible, you know, don't, don't discount, uh, giving your kids a Bible. Cause I remember moments where I just, I just devoured that thing. And it's a lot of it's looking back, but just reading through and I still can remember the illustrations. Some of you listening will know what I'm talking about. You remember the illustrations of certain passages. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still marking me today as a 37 year old. Um, so giving your kids a Bible. So my parents did that and I just was drawn to it. And I think that was one of the key moments where God said, you know, this is what, what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. And so, um, how old were you at the time? You you know, I can't remember the exact age. I know I was young, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhere in the seven, eight range. Mm -hmm. So just kind of new reader, but I just loved the Bible Mm -hmm. and, uh, that, that marked me from the beginning. So, you know, was involved in church, got involved in, in, in leadership and planning camps and, and, uh, just felt like f- progressively I wanted to get more and more involved. Yeah. So as uh, as you continue to walk uh, uh, in a good Catholic family mm-hmm. and uh, so involved with uh, with church meetings and activities yeah. and uh, what was your spiritual life like? Yeah. Had you had you really come to faith or yeah. what? What what? How did that right. happen? Yes, yeah, like I said, there's just been key, there was key moments looking back. Uh, it was the like I said, having the Bible, but um, it wasn't something that uh, I realized growing up was was central. I needed that I needed to read the Bible, you know, on a regular basis, and so that wasn't really taught to me until um, I got to college. And kind of, I remember a, a senior reaching out to me and say, "Hey, Dan, you want to go get some lunch?" and took me out, and I was like, "Wow, so senior reaching out to a freshman and." And uh, and just kind of showed me his life, which involved a daily reading of the word and prayer. And and I was like, wow, I didn't know this is what you do. I didn't know this was something you can engage with faith, that is, in, in a personal way. And so college was, I think, probably the most radical in terms of my shift in my own heart and walk with the Lord. That was the most change that took place rapidly, hmm. for sure. Isn't it amazing how someone... Uh, can model that for you, and you it somehow sparks in your heart, like uh, you know. And you never know no. in those relationships. It sounded like he was somewhat intentional about it, absolutely. And so that's good. But other times, there's uh, it's kind of an, an unintentional thing where people are observing you from afar, and and you're having influence yeah. in their life. And in fact, right now, I'm encouraged to to text him and call him because <laughs> he may not know. 
uh, how important that one meeting was. Uh, and it wasn't anything profound uh, in and of itself. But I know because I mark it back to that, that time where God spoke to me about a personal relationship with him, that mm. I can engage with that. Yeah. And so you, there was that, uh, that uh, sense of now making a further response to the Lord. And that's what's interesting for those of us that those of us that have grown up in a religious environment, mm-hmm. that we can we we have some uh, kind of memorial marks, if you mm-hmm. will, of 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 steps of maturity in the Lord, and and uh, it may not necessarily be this dynamic conversion right. experience where you know the clouds open and yeah. I'm no longer an addict or you know whatever, yeah. and those are genuine solid things. But those of us that haven't had that experience yet know that there's just this ongoing growth and maturity in the understanding of the things of the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. So I trace back to, to that moment and uh, more of a personal time where I was, uh, you know, becoming a camp counselor uh, and uh, for a Christian camp down in Santa Cruz, California. And I just felt like I was totally in over my head. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. And, and I felt completely ill-equipped and I just remember it was a desperate moment it was before I left I was at home walking around the woods and I just started crying out to God like I, I don't know you know I can't tell you I haven't got that desperate in a, in a really you know in a, in a while you know and so it was that moment I think God gave me that desperation to cry out to him and I remember that being a shift because he showed me the power that's available through him to 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 accomplish the Great Commission, to, uh, in my weakness, he is strong. And I just felt a shift in the way that I saw ministry um, and the, his, God's ability to use me in all situations. Um, so I really attribute that event as well. It was just in the woods, it was raining, I was crying out to God, and it was a key time where God called me into just really intentional ministry um, based on his strength, based on what he has done. You know, I think God has a way of using people who feel so inadequate. Those that feel adequate, I think uh, God can use them too. (laughs) But I think those of us who think there is no way or shape or form I should be doing this, you know, (laughs) service for the Lord, whether it's a camp counselor or a Sunday school teacher or whatever— but those are certainly maturing experiences in our lives that 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 help us understand that it's not our own personality or educational status or anything like that. But we have to be dependent on God yeah. to lead us and guide us as we're you know being a counselor or a teacher yeah. or that sort of thing. Absolutely, because we can certainly mess it up on our own. Yeah. And 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 have and thank have. you, Lord, yeah. for your grace through yeah. that. Looking yeah. back, it's sometimes I cringe. Yeah, uh, at my own works, but God has done so much. He's so faithful. So PLU. So you're yeah. probably getting towards junior senior year. Yeah. Did uh, any um, other persons of interest uh, uh, enter your life? Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. My wife Hillary. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, she, I, she, we were recounting that that event. You know, again, looking back and. It, you know, as I was learning to longboard and, and she saw me on campus, she was out on the lawn and 
I longboard right by her. It's like one of those, and if it was in a movie, it'd be slow motion, right. turn my head. <laughs> she noticed me. I noticed her. Eyes locked. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, one of those moments where we started to develop a relationship. I started taking notice of her, and, you know, I just uh, cringed at some of those interactions as well and uh you know invited her to our ministry i was leading worship at the time and uh you know just it's so funny i was like hey hillary if you come i'll play this worship song that you of your choice <laughs> like i was a jukebox and uh i don't remember what song it was but apparently god used that but super funny looking uh-huh. back a little, uh, at that moment and my immaturity but at the same time man what it what it cool beautiful time and so we've been married uh, march 25th it'll be uh 15 years so, congratulations yeah, yeah so wow have wow. four girls um and we just it's it's amazing god's done so much so you're you're a guy living with five women yeah yeah and then uh for a while we our cat she, she passed away but even our cat was female. I just can't. It's just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. So, oh, man. I understand. Yeah. So you met Hillary. You're finishing up school. Yeah. How How is the Lord challenging yeah. you, and what's he saying to you mm-hmm. as you're going into this next season of yeah. life? You've got yeah. to make some decisions. What's going on? Yeah, man alive. So, yeah, I graduated with a business degree, um, and wasn't sure at that point. Like, I knew I, I was— you know, all sold out for Jesus, knew that there's so many ways to serve God. Uh, didn't know if it was vocational ministry or the business field. And um, and so was started just kind of in a transition time, started working for PLU, recruiting students to PLU. Um, and during that time, I was also advising a student club, a Christian club. And I had a you know, full-time job right out of college. It was awesome, newlywed. Um, and then I was walking around campus praying, um, and the Lord spoke to me another one of those moments, you know, go and possess the land. And, and, you know, just like he spoke to Joshua, I was looking out over PLU in this really key spot I can go back to today. And what I knew what that meant, I knew exactly that meant, uh, I was, he was calling me into full-time vocational ministry. And so, uh, I quit my job at PLU, obviously, had a conversation with my wife Hillary, and mm-hmm. and she agreed. Like this, see, this is the Lord. We're we're gonna do this. Uh, it wasn't easy. Um, we moved in with my parents so that we could afford, you know, this next season. Um, we started raising support. Um, so so thankful for those that came alongside us, individuals, churches, to help us be missionaries to the campus at PLU. And so I did that for for many years, seven, eight years, full time on campus, being with students, you know, ministering to them in time of need. What would you say uh, over those years uh, would be the the, and this is a generalization, mm-hmm. uh, the, the biggest need of, of oh, most students? I already know right off the top of my head. Uh, it's loneliness. You know, so so you're looking at um, that's this the the general population PLU. Uh, generally speaking, it's not going to be financial. Like they don't have much expenses in college. Uh, they may complain about finances, but it's like, you don't have any bills. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, you can help them out little ways, but uh, the, the greatest need is, is they, they, even though they're surrounded by people, they're lonely. They don't know how to engage in, in relationships, or some of them have chosen to be reclusive and, and sit in their room, do homework, and, and close out the rest of the world. 
And so that has been a huge thing for us is, man, Lord, open doors and almost literally open doors so Mm. we can get into these lives. And we would pray so often, Lord, we pray for the, uh, you know, the guy that's on on his bed, you know, uh, contemplating suicide and and reclusive and not sure anyone sees him. Would you reach out to him and open doors for us to to uh, reach out to him? And God has been so faithful to continue to do that. Um, But there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people that still shut themselves off from the rest of the world. Have you seen that change dramatically over the last 10 years where because of personal devices like yeah. uh, phones and computers and, yeah. and, and, and video gaming, that yeah. sort of thing where people can get absorbed into a virtual yeah. reality and stay away from, from reality? Yeah. No, I definitely think it's made it more complicated. I mean, I think from the very beginning, uh, people have had the ability to close people off, um, you know, and hide. And that's still the case today. It's just made it so easy. And so mm-hmm. we have seen that be a bigger challenge. And and I think even ha- harder to detect because people can appear like they're connecting and have no connection. And so it has been a challenge. And so it has taken a lot more like, okay, let's, let's uh, really seek the Lord and, and show us what's going on in their heart. Because it may appear like they're connecting, but in reality, they're lonely on the inside. And those mm-hmm. are the moments where God speaks to us and helps guide us through each individual and, and uh, ministering to them. And so, so uh, as uh, the, the lead pastor of Parkland Foursquare Church, uh, how would you describe your congregation? Mostly PLU alum? Are they younger, yeah. older yeah, kids? Yeah, it's no really kid, interesting. You know? I'll, I'll just say this. We planted the church six years ago, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and really— with a vision to, to provide more support to those, to those students. Um, and I had, you know, you, you, you picture something happening. You picture, okay, I'm gonna plant a church. It's going to be a college church. I'll have a bunch of college students and I'll be begging boomers to join us, begging the, you know, and it's interesting because we have, uh, we, we have a huge population of grandmas and grandpas, um, they just connected with us. I didn't have to do any begging. Uh, the <laughs> Lord brought them and young families. And so we have a huge, broad range of uh, generation within our church. And I'm just so it's one of the biggest things I just so grateful for in terms of just picturing the life that's taking place. And, mm-hmm. and I picture it as crucial to a college student because literally they can go a month without seeing a baby. I mean, they can go two months. They can go the whole, you know. And so just seeing family life is something they may not know they need, but they do need. And so integrating them into that uh, community is so crucial. Um, so, yeah, it's broad um, in terms of generation. Um, about, I'd say, almost half, maybe 25% are PLU alums. So people that we've connected with, either, you know, discipled, raised up, or um, connected with us because of our heart for PLU. Yeah. Well, we're speaking with Dan Donahue. He's the lead pastor at Parkland Foursquare Church. <clears throat> Dan, we've got about four and a half, five minutes left. And I'd love to kind of transition to just some of your thoughts. I ask this question uh, sometimes on this program, mm-hmm. but what would you say that your life uh, theme is? Yeah. Yeah, What's a, do you have a key scripture in your life and something that the yeah. Lord said, this is what I want you yeah. to do and to be? Kind of a, the Lord's branding statement 100%. for Dan. Yeah, and I know that. Absolutely. It's, you know, Matthew six thirty three, um, And I, I wish I could remember when that really struck my heart. But, it, but it's been, I've always gone back to that, which is, 
seek first him, that is Jesus, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. It's like, uh, I always go back to that. That's my fallback. Like, it is my foundation. Jesus Christ, my foundation, my rock, my cornerstone. Um, I always go back to him, seeking him. When all the world's going chaotic around me, when I feel like I'm failing, when things don't go how I think they should, I have to come back to that place. And so it's become this kind of like part of me. And I'm, and I, and I pray, you know, as I disciple more people that become their heartbeat is no matter what, the first thing I do is I seek Jesus and he becomes my foundation. Um, and through that, you start to see God providing sometimes in ways you don't expect. And so it's definitely seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And, and, you know, that's expanded out to all sorts of contexts. Um, but I think of when we do that, when we seek Jesus first, what does that look like? Um, and I, and I have, you know, been so inspired as many listening by the early church in the book of Acts and seeing like, man, these guys, man, I love that they, they, pursued Jesus through persecution, even counted themselves, uh, you know, uh, were, were worshiping because they're worthy to suffer persecution. Like, it's a level that I, I don't understand, mm-hmm. but they sought Jesus through everything, persecution, through uh, lack, and through plenty, they sought Jesus first, and that was their whole life. And he even said um, in the book of Acts, uh, when they're coming before the Sanhedrin, it's, it, it, there's a miracle that's brought before them, and they didn't like that they were preaching the gospel. And it says in the book, book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, <clears throat> and, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So there's something about Peter and John, and they're saying, man, they, they, they didn't do the you know path that, that the rest of the Pharisees and the Sadducees like, went which is you know go through the educational you know uh, process and and become certified they are uneducated yet there's this boldness so the only thing that can explain this is they've been with jesus Mm. and so when i seek jesus first i pray god would it be clear maybe people don't know jesus but it would be clear that i'm seeking jesus first that, that maybe they'd say man this person there's something different about this person maybe some of you listening have have had that happen there's something different why are you this and it perplexing people because I'm a disciple of Christ. And ultimately, I pray my life, uh, one would look at me and say, man, I've, I've perceived that you've been with Jesus. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I want that to be uh, the testimony of my life. And, and I've seen that play out um, in my life. And, and I've seen that play out in all uh, environments, whether I was working at, uh, in, in retail, um, I had an uh, experience where someone asked me, told me about their um, mom that had blood clots. And I said, you know, as a customer was approaching, let me just pray real quick. Jesus, I just pray for healing over this person's mom. Uh, they come back. They say, hey, my mom's healed. What in the world? What'd you do? <laughs> and I'm like, I just prayed, man. That's one yeah. quick prayer. Yeah. And your mom's healed. That's Jesus. And he's like, oh. And then later on, we're walking down. We're passing each other in the hall. And he says, literally, what's the meaning of life? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, my goodness, well, you're, you're going to break. Can I answer? <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. So that kind yeah. of stuff, I was like, oh, thank you. Those are the moments where I say, Jesus, you truly are with me. Yeah. And I pray as I seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, that it will be evident uh, in my own heart, but, but to everyone around me and in the ministry that we do. 
Well, we've got one minute, so let's wrap up here. What would, would you have a, a word to our listeners yeah. in this final moment of just a word of encouragement? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, just that, you know, I, I, my sense, Chuck, as I'm thinking about this time is there's, there's a lot of leaders that have been th- going through COVID in 2020 that are struggling. Uh, me included. I didn't have time in this segment to explain all that went on, but uh, it's been a rough year for so many. And my encouragement is Jesus is with us. The promise that he's with us always to the end of the age is profound. And I pray anyone listening would stop and meditate that he is with us. That, that is, those that are following Jesus, that he has promised to be with us always to the end of the age. I want to call out to the leaders and that they would come to Jesus in this time and restore the promise and the confidence that he is with us always to the end of the age. Dan Donahue, lead pastor at Parkland Foursquare Church. Thanks for joining me. If you want to reach Dan, you can go to parklandfoursquare.org. And, uh, or .com. Yeah. Bless you, my friend. Thank you. Yep. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.